Thank you for listening to First Baptist Church of Conway. It's our prayer that this message will be both an encouragement and a challenge to you as you grow in faith. If you missed this service, we hope to see you this Sunday at either 8.45 a.m. for our praise and worship service or 11 a.m. for our traditional service. Now, here's this week's message. So, my first year of high school was the school's very first year of being open, right? It was a brand new school, which meant that we had a lot of opportunities because there aren't as many people. They don't have established program, which means I also had a lot of opportunities to be the first at things. Did you know at Massaponics High School, I was the very first person ever to get detention? I'm not making that up. I was pretty proud about that. Tells you how I thought. But this also meant that there were so many opportunities, and with it being a new school, I decided to join the football team. I was in ninth grade, and because there wasn't so many people, I got to be a part of the team. There wasn't tryouts. Basically, if you just showed up and you did the practices, you got to be on the team. But just because you were on the team, well, that doesn't mean you started, does it? See, they put me in as defensive tackle, and one of the other defensive tackle, he was an upperclassman, he had been playing for years, so he definitely gets the start, and it was me versus Dante Jones for the start. Not exaggerating, he is 6'5", 280 pounds, and then you have me, I was just 6'3", 250 pounds of solid muscle, right? So, needless to say, 6'5", 280, and me... Dante got the start. You ever been a bench warmer? You ever had to sit there and watch other people play? I can promise you I didn't like it, but I understood it. I mean, Dante was huge, but I didn't join the team to sit on the bench. I didn't go to the practices. I didn't run Remember, you know, the summer practices that you have to do in football? I didn't go through all of that thing, get to the game and sit on a bench. You ever been overlooked for something? You ever sit back and watch someone else do that thing at work or someone else do that thing at school, or that, uh, someone else do that thing on that sports team that you really wanted to play? Have you ever been sat out? Can we agree about this? Nobody wants to be a bench warmer. Can I see hands if we can all agree on that? Just some of us? Well, I think all of us, if we're honest, nobody wants to be a bench warmer. And as a bench warmer, I can tell you, I remember when they first called me up. When he finally said, Hoffman, get in the game. It was the fourth quarter. I don't know if we were losing really bad or winning really good. It was one of those. That's why they put me in the game. But I remember how excited I was. I remember when I got the opportunity to finally go out there and all the running I've been doing, all the weights I've been lifting, all the practices I had gone through, all of that just to play for a couple of minutes. I'll never forget it because I wanted to be a part of that team. I wanted to play for the team. And did you know, just like for sports you have teams, did you know our church is a team. Did you know we are a group of people with a common purpose, a common mission, and want to achieve common goals? You know, the Apostle Paul never uses the idea of team, 
But he uses the idea to express the same thing when he talks about being the body of Christ. Look at this with me. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. He says this. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Let me read this to you in the King James. You'll probably understand the language a little bit better. He says this. For as the body is one and hath, hath, who still says hath, anybody? Okay, that's fair. Hath many, what's that word? Members. Ah, we're familiar with that in the church world, aren't we? Many members and all the members of one body and being many are one body, so also is Christ. So here's where we get that idea of church membership, this idea of being a member of the body. But this word member isn't how we think of it, this idea of just, you know, country club, I'm going to pay my dues, I'm going to be a part of a member, I can say I'm on a roll. No, no, when Paul's saying a member, he's talking about a member of a body, like a body part. Y'all remember that? Like this is a member of a body. So he's saying you're a hand, you're a foot, you're a part of the body. You see, membership at a church isn't just a title. Membership is saying you're joined, you're playing a part, you're a part of something bigger. And just like your body parts, well, you want all of them to function well, at a church, we believe church membership is very important because you're communicating you're a part of the body. You're a team, you're a part of the team. Then he explains, he says this, he says, For we're all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we're all given the Spirit, one to drink. So even the body is not made up of one part, but many. Then he goes on to explain how we all need each other, and this is what he says. He says, but God, in verse 24b, he says, But God has put the body together, given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so there should be no division in the body, but that all of its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. There's that word member again, that each one is saying that you are a body, you are a member. So we are one team, we are one body, and all of us have a part to play. All of us are a member. So when you say you're a member, what is membership? It's saying I'm playing an active role, I'm a part of it. So when we talk about church membership, it's not talked about as being on a roll or just something that we say, hey, it's good to be or I'm going to do it. Church membership is saying I'm a part of the team. Church membership is saying I'm a part of what's happening there. Just as a human body, we need all of our members, all of our parts working together to stay alive and active and do what we want to do. As a church, we need all of our members to be alive and active and doing what they need to do to stay alive and healthy. You see, membership is a commitment to Christ, but it's a commitment to each other. And a healthy church takes membership serious. In other words, you're a part of a team. I believe if Paul was writing to us in the South in 2019, he would use a football illustration rather than a human body and a metaphor. Because we would get that a little bit better, but the point is the same. You and I. We're on this team. And as we have agreed, nobody wants to be a bench warmer, right? But many seem content being a pew warmer. But today, we're calling you up. 
Today, I am personally inviting every single person to get in the game, to help our church live out our calling to be a gospel-driven community who is making God's love known. Because in our context, those pews, well, it's the bench. And we want you to get off of them and get in the game. And there's so much at stake here. If you want to see First Baptist Church succeed, if you want First Baptist Church to go on for another 10 generations reaching people for Christ, if you want your kids and other kids to be discipled, if you want this church to have prominence in the community once again, like I've heard about all the many years of all the different things this church has done, I want to show you a secret. I want to show you a secret hidden in plain sight that'll, that teaches us how to accomplish this. If you have your Bible with you, we're going to... Uh, camp in this passage for a while. It's Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. If you don't have your Bible with you, that's okay. It'll be back here on the screen for you to view with us. It says this. I'm a little cold this morning. Anybody else a little cold? So I'm, I'm having to move around a little bit more. It says this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so let's just pause right there and let's break down what we just read because it's extremely important. In fact, if you didn't know, I'm glad you're here this morning, every single pastor bases their ministry off of this verse. This one section, all of us based our ministry off, and the reason is, is because this is the only time in the New Testament the noun pastor is found referring to ministry in the church. This is it. We say, what's a pastor do? This is where Paul explains it. And here's what he says. First, he says, Christ gave. Notice that when we're talking about these things, Christ gives these offices, this people, to the church. He gives people in certain ways to bring them and then brings them to a church to do certain things. And here's what a pastor is to do. Look at this. It says, to equip his people for the works of service. So according to the Bible, Christ gives pastors to the church to equip God's people for service. And that word service is also translated or maybe better translated as ministry. Did you know that? Look at what it says in the King James. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That word service, some translations say and others say ministry, is, is literally deaconing. We're going to talk more about that next work, but it's serving, ministry, deaconing. And so what we see is the pastor's job, what, what Christ gives pastors for, is to equip the body, the people, for ministry, for deaconing, for service. In other words, it's our job to teach and train for ministry. And you already know this, but there's no way that a pastor can do all the ministry. He's to equip others for it. For their service, because as Baptists, we believe something very important. We believe in what's called the priesthood of all believers. Have you heard of that before? What this means is we believe every single one of you are a minister for Jesus Christ. Did you know that? Because the word minister means what? 
Servant, we just talked about it. We are all servants of Jesus Christ. But we're not all pastors. We all haven't been called to equip others. That's the distinction of pastors to equip and train, where ministers are to serve. But we all serve, right? That's the type of leadership Jesus calls us to. Scholar Ben Witherington says this. He says, there is no clergy-laity distinction in the New Testament, but there is a leader and follower distinction, however. And the leaders are called to equip the followers. And so as we think through this, what we're saying is, it's myself, Scott, Gary, and Rocky. We are called to this church to equip members for ministry. If we're doing all the ministry on our own, which of course isn't possible, we literally are not doing our job. We aren't doing what God has asked us to do. So going back to that team analogy, it's the coach's job to train and equip the people to play the game. Could you imagine if a football coach went out there by themselves saying, I'm going to take this team on, I got this. Just me. Is that possible? Yeah, when we think of it that way, we're like, Brian, that's silly. I mean, who could ever do that? You're, we can't. And it's the same idea here. The coach's job is to lead, to equip, and to motivate the team to accomplish their goals. And that's what we are to do. As Rick Warren puts it, he says, The pastors are the administrators, and the people of the church are the ministers. Which means every person, every one of us, has a ministry for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at what he says. He says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for the works of service. And it says, so that, I want you to look. He says, so that, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's what will happen. When, when we do it this way, here's what will happen to the body of Christ, which is our church. It says, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach all unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure and the fullness of Christ. So built up is the idea of acting, excuse me, of, act, of advancing, the act of building, like putting the foundation, putting the roots, like coming together. And then he says, until we all reach unity, and if you've been around me long enough outside of church meetings, you'll know unity is one of the most important things to me. It's because God, as a pastor, God has called me to lead to unity. It's a huge mark of a church that we're unified. But he says we're united here in faith and the knowledge of the Son, which is our beliefs and our actions. And he says in this, in the unity of our, our belief of Jesus Christ, our knowledge of him and our unity and our faith, then this will lead us to become mature. See, being mature isn't just old age. Being mature isn't just accomplishing some level. Maturity, biblically, is our faith and the, uh, the unity in our faith and our knowledge of Jesus Christ. He says, then we will become, he says, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We would say it's become Christ-like. And so pastors are to equip, to train others for the work of the ministry. So if we take this idea of member that I am agreeing to be a part of this body of Christ, I am going to be a team player. I'm going to carry out a function in this church. That's what it means. And the pastors are here equipping and training and administering, making sure these things are, are happening. Then we together strive for unity in the faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Then we will become mature and Christ-like. 
Tell me that's not a beautiful picture of a local church. He says, here's why. Here's what he wants to protect us from. Verse 14, he says, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and deceitful scheming. Paul says, it's when we do this, then we will no longer be spiritually immature. Which means there's a chance we could become spiritually immature. We all start off that way. Every single one of us start off spiritually immature. It's just part of it. But then we grow in our faith. And he says, but then we won't be deceived by the deceitful scheming. I'm saying you can't be naive. I mean, people are out there trying to hurt the church. People out there trying to hurt the people of God. Don't be naive about that. He says, so we want to be mature. We want to be equipped. We want to carry out this ministry. We don't want to be infants in our faith and thinking. He says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we'll be cut, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. So speaking the truth in love, just notice that truth isn't in a vacuum. Excuse me, love isn't out of a vacuum. It's not this idea of that we're just kind and nice to people. Speaking the truth in love comes from this idea of being mature. It comes from this idea of the unified and growing in our faith and growing the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So when we're talking about what love is, we're talking about what truth is, that all stems from, Paul saying, the idea of being unified in the Son and our faith. When we grow in maturity in Him, then we'll understand what love is. Then we'll understand what truth is. He says, and this is what I want you to see, he says, from Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, which is us, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So when we come together this way, we will grow and build each other up in love. This is how a body grows, Paul saying. This is how our churches grow. This is how it happens. So Christ gives the pastors, he gives the administrators to equip and train. And just on a side note, if you're thinking, Brian, are you lazy or something? Are you trying to get out of work? No. Okay, I'm a workaholic by nature. You will never have to worry about that. What I'm trying to teach us is that if we understand what God has asked us to do, that the pastors are to equip and train, and that the people here are to carry out ministry, you'll see we have hundreds of people and we can do hundreds of things. Hundreds of volunteers coming together to carry out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Watch what God does with that. Watch what he does. And he says as each part does its work. That's the whole idea. That you and I have a part to play. And that every person, every person of a church has a ministry to accomplish. You see, the key to any, to any winning team is teamwork. You know that to be true? We watched my son's soccer team play not that long ago, and, and, it, and it's okay, but we watched his team, and we watched the other team. Our coach really didn't talk much, really didn't say anything to the kids. In fact, any kid could play any position. The kids who were afraid of the soccer ball were in the goal keeper. Do you know what that means? When it's coming, someone's coming up to shoot the ball, what did the goalie do? ran the other way. I'm not joking. But you don't want to hurt their feelings. Right? 
I mean, you got to let kids do whatever they want whenever they want, don't you? Every parent said no. Every good team has teamwork, and people know the part they play, and they live into that. Every church, every growing church, is every person pitching in, being a part of the ministry. And as the lead pastor here, I can promise you this idea will drive all of our ministries here at First Baptist Church. And our job as the pastors will be to carry the administrative load for you. In other words, we want, some of you are going to laugh at this, but listen, we want ministry to be fun and enjoyable for you. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine if ministry was fun and enjoyable and exciting? We'll carry that burden because we are called to by Christ. That's what he's asked us to do, and we know that. But in order for this to happen, we need you to join in on the ministry. If God is calling us to be a gospel-driven community, making his love known, we need all of you, all of us, to be a part of ministry teams, to be a part of helping us carry out what God has asked us to do. And so here's what I'm asking you this morning. I want you to get off the pew. And I want you to get in the game. To get off the pew and get in the game. And here's how you say, well, Brian, I don't really know how. Like, I don't even know where to start. I mean, how do I even know what opportunities there are? I'm so glad you asked that this morning. If you have your worship guide with you, go ahead and pull it out. We have a checklist in here for you this morning. And if you don't have one, raise your hand and someone will come and give you one. Anybody need a checklist? I didn't think there would be hands raised, but just in case, I figured I'd ask. And so here's what we, we're going to do. I'm going to go over these ministry teams we are currently in the process of recruiting for, for 2020. This is what we need. And you're like, well, how do I know if they really need my help? Please hear me very clearly. These are the places we need your help in. These are the places we are actively recruiting for. For 2020. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quick overview of the teams. And then I want you to check what team you're interested in. And then on the back of the handout, there's this place for your name, your address, email, and phone number. If you want to skip the address, that's okay because we're not going to send you a letter. Actually, we might. Put your address. If you don't answer your phone, we're stopping by. That's how that's going to work. But this is so, and somebody, and here's the deal, somebody will personally call you and talk to you about the team. So if you check your name by something, we're not going to automatically put you on. We'll call you. We'll talk to you about it. Make sure you're understanding of what this team is a little bit more, and then we'll work from there. Because you may end up saying, you know what, that's not for me. So what I would like is every person to check something. And I would like you honestly to pick a team. Unless you're a deacon, which then you have the privilege of serving on six or more teams. If you, I just ask you to pick one. Some of you are doing way too much. I just ask you to pick one team you want to be a part of. So here they are, starting in alphabetical order. First up is the administrative team. This team does exactly what it sounds like. The team consults with me. Um, as lead pastor, I'm over this team, and we work through the business affairs of the church, like financial oversight and personnel oversight. 
you know if you're good at this, and you know if you're not good at this, okay? Just a warning for the admin team, though. This is one of the few teams that experience is, needing, is needed. If, if you don't have experience dealing with personnel issues that, and all that involves there, or, or if you don't get excited about looking at spreadsheets, or like, who does that? I know, there's a few. Those are the people who should be on this team. They really keep their thumb on the admin part of the team. So we have the admin team, and then we have the adult team. Here's what it does. This is, the adult team is a new team for 2020. It supports the discipleship and spiritual formation ministries of the church for adults by coordinating, listen to this, Sunday school, Bible studies, special events, fellowship events, and other activities. The team should ask the question, how can we help adults become more like Jesus Christ? This may be a good place for those of you who are Sunday school leaders and you're pretty good at it and you have some experience at it. This may be a good team for you. The two main things, because it's new, we're going to develop, but the two tasks I'm going to ask this team to do, I need to let you know up front. I want the adult team to figure out how we can have a great men's ministry and a great women's ministry. Those are the two things this team will be tasked with. So if you're like, hey, I've been a part of a women's ministry before. I know what it looks like. In fact, I'm pretty awesome at it. This is the team you want to sign up for. If you say, hey, I know what a good men's ministry looks like. I've been a part of one of those. This is the team you should sign up for. We really want to get those two things going this year. A healthy, vibrant ladies' ministry and a healthy, vibrant men's ministry. Second, we have the building and ground, or third, I'm going to stop numbering now and we'll just go through them, okay? Now we have the building and ground team. This is exactly what it sounds like. They work through and try to take care of this humongous aging building we have. If that sounds like something that gets you excited, be a part of the team. Next up, we have the children's team. It says they, dis- they support the discipleship and spiritual formation ministries of the church for first through fifth grade by coordinating Sunday school, Bible studies, special events, fellowship events, and other activities. If you have a passion for children, if you are able to teach children, this team is for you. And I can't stress this enough about this team or any other team. We're not asking you to be a part of a committee where you're trying to figure out work for someone else. Right? That, that, the point is saying, hey, I think someone else should do this. When you're a part of the team, you're having a hands-on approach saying, I want to be a part and help that team. Doesn't mean you're going to be stuck in the nursery every week. Don't worry. But it does mean you want to think through fellowship events and fun events and, and things for children. And maybe you say, I don't really want to be on the children's team, but I could support the ministry team. If you look right underneath of that, and we have this for a couple of them, it says, hey, I don't really want to be on the team, but I'll teach or assist in children's church or teach or assist in Sunday school, teach or assist with Wednesday nights, so on, or special events. And so right now, you may not have the time commitment or, or you just want to get your feet wet. We agree. So if you're saying, hey, call me when you need help, let us know. And you may say, well, Brian, I've already signed up for that. We know. But do it again because Gary's here. And so this, this will be his new list of people who, who he can start calling and contacting to, to work through this. So we have the children's team. Next up is the college and early career. This is a new team for 2020. All right, and this is going to be a hard one. We've got to develop this. We need a lot of help. The idea is to support the discipleship and spiritual formation ministries of the church for college and early career adults by coordinating Sunday school, Bible studies, special events, fellowship events, and other activities. You're like, Brian, that sounds a lot like the other teams. You're just changing the birth through fifth. and Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the discipleship efforts for college and early career were needed. Next up is the communion team. They, um, they put together all the elements for the Lord's Supper that we do once a month. 
And we have people who do a great job, but if you'd like to prepare that and help with that, sign up for that team. Then we have the congregational care team. This is where you are assigned for several families to care for. This is a huge deal. This is a big deal. If you're like me and you barely keeping your head above water, taking care of your own family, this may not be for you just yet. But if you have some extra time and you're loving and caring, this would be a great team for you. You'll get assigned a handful of families and it's your um, duty to take care of them and provide hospital visitation, nursing home care, and things like that. This was a new team for 2019 they developed. Then we have the First Impressions team. This, again, is a new team for 2020. This is a combination of the ushers and greeting teams. Before, the ushers were one side, the greeters were another side. We're going to throw all those together in a brand new First Impressions team. And all of them are going to fall consistent, so we have the same things happening here. They will coordinate all personnel for Sunday morning services, including parking lot attendants, ushers, greeters. And the team uh, will coordinate these efforts. Scott's going to kind of lead this team as the pastoral staff. And you're like, well, Brian, I don't know if I want to be on the First Impressions team, but I could be a parking lot attendant or an usher or a greeter. That's great. We have boxes for you there to check off. Next up, we have the leadership development team. They are to identify and utilize best practices for developing leadership in the church. So we believe in leadership development. We would like people who are interested in developing leadership efforts for our church, but maybe also for the community. We don't know exactly what this will look like, but if you like leadership, if you have a lot of experience in leadership, maybe your company sent you to all of those conferences and all of those boring meetings, and now it's finally making sense why. You can help us do it, okay? So if leadership is your thing, let us know. Then we have the Level Weekday Ministry team. They help with all things pertaining to Level Weekday Ministry. We have a missions trip team, 2020. This is new. They are to identify, plan, excuse me, identify and plan state, national, and global ministry opportunities. Basically, we want to take mission trips. We believe God wants us to take mission trips. If you're like, hey, I want to take mission trips, I want to plan mission trips, this is the team for you. Then we have the mobilization team. This is a new team that will manage the growth track. We've talked about growth track a little bit. Let me explain a little bit more. Growth track are going to be the four classes we'd like everybody to go through. The first one is church membership. The second one is spiritual formation. The, second, the third one is about serving. And the fourth one is how to share the gospel. We're going to ask all church people to go through this, all members to go through these, to really learn. They're kind of foundational classes. So the mobilization team is really going to organize and help us pull off the events. But more importantly, they're going to track your progress. So let's say Scott goes through the first one, and then he doesn't want to go through the second one or kind of falls away. We're going to know Scott hasn't gone to the second one. And people on this team will track and be like, hey, Scott, have you gone to the second one? Scott, would you like to go to the second one? Hey, Scott, by the way, the second one's coming up. So they're going to track and manage progresses because we believe these are important. It's our discipleship pathway. So we have that team. Then we have the older adult team. Now you're like, Brian, what's the older adult team? Listen, we know or I know that if I call things seniors, half of you won't show up to it because it's called seniors, okay? So we have what's called the older adult. This can be comprised of seniors or non-seniors who are just in that life stage of an older adult team. And the older adult team will focus on discipleship and spiritual formation ministries of the church for older adults, for older adults by coordinating Sunday school, Bible studies, special events, fellowship events, and other activities. I personally believe we have one of the best opportunities for an older adult ministry in the country. Like, Brian, why would you say that? Because we live in a retirement community. We should be busting at the seams in older adult, senior adult ministries. 
And Rocky's leading this up for 2020, so he's planning trips and planning different activities for this group. So if you're like, hey, I'd love to coordinate, plan, and think through how to maybe reach retire age people or, or maybe seniors, whatever you fall into, there's, you know, I'm okay with it. This may be the team for you. Then we have the outreach team. This team will coordinate and promote hands-on outreach opportunities for the church. Just to give you an update, we have a great plan already in place for 2020 outreach. The team has done a lot of hard work, a lot of effort putting it together. And so if you want to be on the outreach team, just know a lot of the hard work's already done for you. But you will be involved in a lot of hard work carrying out the plans. But remember, for 2020, we're going to invite the whole church to have the opportunity to be a part of this. But the outreach team will just make sure it happens, coordinating things like that. Next up, we have the prayer team. And perhaps there isn't a more powerful and more important ministry in our church. The prayer team organizes prayer events, manages prayer lists, and for special events and things we do, we'll ask them to pray for. And I'd love to get a lot of different things with prayer going. And you know who you are. Some of you are prayer warriors. You're great at praying. You love to pray. And God has gifted you that ability. If that is you, then this is the team for you. Then we have the security team. This team thinks through different security measures and volunteers to keep us safe. As you know, the world is changing. I bet 20, 30 years ago, no one would have thought you needed a security team at a church, but it doesn't take long to realize we do here at this church, and so does every other church in the country now. Well, most of them. So if you have a background in this, if you're protective by nature, or if you're just really big and scary looking, this is the team for you. And lastly, but not leastly, is the student team. They support the discipleship and spiritual formation ministries of the church for middle school, high school students, and their families by coordinating Sunday school, Bible study, special events, fellowship, and other activities. And if you're like, hey, I don't know if I want to be on the team, but I want to volunteer for it, there's check boxes there. And so here's the team. Those are the teams that we right now currently need help with filling for 2020. And so I ask you to get off the bench and get in the game. And you say, well, Brian, how important this is. This is so important that we chose to take a Sunday morning worship service and talk about it. Serving is the most important catalyst after you know Jesus Christ. Serving is the most important catalyst for your spiritual growth. If you want to grow in your faith, serving has to happen. You say, well, Brian, I don't think so. I promise you, all studies show. So sometimes we feel uneasy or we're not sure because we're not connected. This is it. This is how that happens. That next level is by serving. So I want to let you know, even if you don't have experience, jump off the bench, get in the game. And just to let you know, to finish my story, that day when the coach called me in that fourth quarter, we were getting beat or winning really bad, really didn't want to put me in, but he did anyways. First play, I went in the game, got the running back in the backfield. Second play of the game, sacked the quarterback. Needless to say, old short and stubby Hoffman started from then on out. Big old Dante Jones was on the bench. My point is, you never know what you're capable of unless you get off the bench and get in the game. You never know how many lives you may change with the gospel unless you join in. So in closing, check a box. I want you to know there are so many different ways to be involved in serving here. And as the pastors, we're going to do our best at equipping and training. And it's not going to be perfect because people are involved. 
It may get messy. It may be hard. We don't have it all figured out. We need your help. But there's no better thing to commit to than the work of Jesus Christ and what he does through his local church. So commit. And I can tell you with full integrity, 100% integrity, I've never been as excited about ministry as I am for what's happening in 2020 here at First Baptist Church. I'm more excited than I've ever been in ministry because we have so many amazing things planned. Or we are fully staffed. And I really believe this will be one of the best years to come. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we are here today to worship you, Lord, we are reminded that you have called us to serve. You have called us to be a part of a local church, to be a member, to play an active role in a body of believers. And Lord, can you put on our hearts where we would best serve the ministry opportunity that you have prepared in advance for us to do? Will you show us? Father, we thank you so much for the committed members, the committed people, the committed servants that served this church for for decades. We pray, Lord, that you would raise up more people to come alongside so we can continue the ministry here at First Baptist. Father, we love you and thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.